0: Support Garage Logic and news from the Krabby Coffee Shop by supporting this podcast. Hear your business on this podcast and reach thousands of G dollars. Visit GarageLogic.com and enter keyword partner to learn more. That's GarageLogic.com keyword partner.
1: Welcome to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your host, Don McLean, from the adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071, Garage Logic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Height, and the crabbiest Guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson. Good
2: morning, Dawn. Good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning. Ross, what the hell did you just read? Don, could you explain to me what the hell I just heard Ross read?
3: <laughs> um
1: he said if you want to advertise with us in so many words that you can oh. find a way to do that on our on oh. the GL website.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Don. GarageLogic.com. Keyword partner and Dawn will schlup your product personally. Don, That's right. Ross, depending
1: on what it is. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Depending, yeah. Ross, you should read legal disclaimers. You, you've got the voice and the tempo for legal uh, legal. Dis, uh, yeah, whatever. Any I'm way saying. to make
0: a buck, Ko? You
2: know that. <laughs> Dear Kenny, Dawn, and John, I wanted to tell you your podcast in late January about dream interpretation had a great impact on my wife. In early 2019, I hope we can read this on the air. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Just
1: don't say any names.
2: Yeah, just withhold names. All right. Uh, In early 2019, her father passed away. There were only seven weeks between the diagnosis of his cancer and his passing. He was only 71 years old. Since then, he has appeared in my wife's dreams a few times, and she hadn't really known what to make of it. I heard the Dream Topic podcast on the same morning that my wife told me about her dad that had been in her dreams the night before. Sharing the episode with her was so helpful. Recently, she had another dream about him, and it's comforting to her to know that he's visiting her. Thanks for sharing your insight with all us Hoopleheads. Love the show, Jason.
1: Oh, that's nice. I I replied uh, to him and let him know that um, today is... Well, I I read it yesterday and I said, oh, tomorrow's my dad's birthday. So, you know, thank you because he's passed. And so this gave me comfort to get the email, you know.
2: One thing we didn't talk about enough. I don't know if it was that show or another show. But we were talking about, was it dreams and your lights? You were, oh, you were homesick with the COVID. That's right. Oh, and they were, yeah. (laughs) And your lights started flashing.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I shouldn't have glossed over that. Um, does that happen frequently?
1: It happens, Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh. it depends. I mean, it could be anywhere and so, it'll happen.
2: So this is the Dawn thing and not faulty wiring in your house.
1: I don't think it's faulty wiring because it can happen in the office. It can it happen at my sister's house. You know, she, he does it in my sister's house too.
2: I'm surprised you're not addicted to drugs and living on the street. I really am.
1: (laughs) Because of that? Oh, no. It's just my dad. And he'll show up sometimes when I'm doing ghost hunting stuff. So I'll be doing that this weekend. Hopefully he'll say hi since today would have been his birthday. And tomorrow is the anniversary of his death. So he died a day after Hmm. his birthday.
0: So... Do you, Hopefully he'll show up.: Do you ever try and tell him, or do you particularly care one way or another, but have you ever told him like you can, you can go to what's next. You don't oh, need to be hanging out here. I think he or, comes and goes. Okay.: Yeah,
1: I think he doesn't he's not earthbound. He just comes back to visit, which that's what I, I probably said on that podcast that people you know, who have passed, if they're not talking in the dream, they're visiting you, if it's just all mind-to- mind communication.
2: I have a question, but I'm worried that if I ask you, you're going to dwell on it and it's going to change your life.
1: Oh, for God's sake, nothing's <sighs> gonna, ain't nothing you say is going to okay, change my life. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something
2: I think about all the time. Okay. What if he's watching you
0: in the throes of passion?
1: Oh, you think about that all the time?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, I have very I... similar thoughts to Kenny about people who have been mm-hmm. in my life.
1: Yeah, that's that's just your own uh, guilt about sex for some reason. <laughs> like, I mean, he had sex to make me, so he should just accept My that that's sex. what's happening. And I doubt if he's a perv and watching his daughter have sex.
2: Oh, okay. All right. right. Well, that makes sense.
1: It's not you wouldn't so, do that in life. So you're
2: so well founded in reality. Probably, you probably all this.
1: Listen, I'd, I I have to concentrate during sex. I, I can't be thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> women can't just lay there uh, and, and let it happen. Let it, that's not how it works. I know that hey, men hey. feel like they give women orgasms, but we do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't well, just like think about is, TV or something like that's not going to happen. It's a, it's a mental thing.
2: I've got on my list today i have cocaine hipsters eddie van halen customers are angry and a bunch of guys riding snowmobiles nowhere in my list have talked about Orcasms. what we just did and uh, um, regarding something you said earlier none of the sex i have gives me any kind of guilt good yeah, no. It, it's just it not shouldn't. weird. It's not fun enough to um,
1: make, make me feel guilty. <laughs> oh my god! Too <laughs> yeah. oh, many Christmas. Yikes. Oh boy. Uh, the right. one that you uh, you said you should have written down cocaine hippos, Kenny, because it's not hipsters.
2: You said uh, cocaine hippos, and for some reason on the paper it came out hips hipsters, <laughs> uh, and I was really hoping that uh, these cocaine hipper uh, hippos are equivalent to cocaine bear.
1: Oh, well, no, they're not. They haven't eaten cocaine. Do you want me to tell you the story? Please do. Okay. Well, the country of Colombia plans to fly dozens of its cocaine hippos, the descendants of drug trafficker Pablo Escobar's private menagerie, to new homes in India and Mexico in a bid to control their booming population. Wow. So, um there are about 160 of these hippos now. Um wow. Pablo Escobar died in 1993. He he had um one male and three females. That's what he brought from Africa, I'm assuming. Yeah, they're African hippos. Yeah. And um now there are that many because they, you know, and
2: they they're breed. All, they're all inbreds.
1: Well, I mean, he has three women. And one man, you know, so, I mean, they're all cousins, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, this is, you know, I understand. So what they're doing is they're pooping in the water and it's messing up the ecosystem. It's killing the fish. Uh, yeah. They're scary. And they're all along the Magdalena River Basin. So it's environmental challenges um, concerning nearby residents, of course, because, I mean, a hippo is the deadliest creature one of the deadliest creatures out be. there. Yeah, I mean, they, me. did you know that they run 19 miles an hour when they're galloping? Are
0: you kidding Very me? Fast! I yes. did know that. When they really get really scary, when they get going, get out of the way.
1: Oh yeah, you don't want to be near hippos. I mean, they're deadly. They will. I think that more people die from hippos than any other creature um, in Africa. I'm I'm almost I'm positive. Be,
2: I'm willing to believe that. Yeah.
1: So, they have tried to control these uh, <laughs> the the authorities have tried to control the population using castrations mm. and shots or contraceptive darts. What kind of day do you have when you wake up and you go, I got to castrate a hippo today? They
2: to cut the <laughs> balls so to And What are probably the size of like soccer balls, right? Right. I
1: mean, they're gigantic. I'm sure how do you even get close to it? I I don't understand. Now,
0: a little wine, a little candlelight. <laughs> I just, I feel bad for the hippo. You yeah. got shot with a dart and you wake up and your balls are gone.
1: That's right. Yeah. Boy, how are you gonna I mean, and then they're in this dirty water. How are the stitches gonna be clean? Oh. Okay, so oh. I think about those kind of things because I'm that's, like, well you know. you think about. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> the technical term for what they're gonna do they're gonna move these hippos to uh, 60 of them to India and 10 to Mexico. But uh, So they're translocating these hippos and taking them to countries where uh, these institutions have the capacity to receive them and to home them properly and to give them control in their reproduction. So um, they can't send them back to Africa. It's not allowed because then you send all the pathogens that they have and it's an invasive species. It'll destroy the other Animals and ecosystem because of what they'll bring from Columbia. That's should, I, foreign.
2: should I give my suggestion? Yeah. Oh, I'll give you one guess my, as to uh, what my yeah, suggestion is. You just yeah, wanted I to kill I them know. all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just
1: kill them well, all. Well, why aren't we? Um, I think that they care about the hippos. Here's the other weird part. The weird, the the part that okay, castrating hippos is very scary to me. I, I don't want to really think about. But I'm really worried about um, the transport. So what uh, is going to happen? Yeah. I thought surely they would be, take them by boat. Okay, they are flying the hippos. Oh God! In containers, oh, in no. wooden containers. They are not going to tranquilize those hippos, oh, no. this and is a they won't be drugged. Wow. But they will have emergency tranquilizers in case the hippos get nervous on their flight. Bad idea. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, yeah. but that's another thing that I don't want to be involved in. You wake up that morning, you're like, "Today's the day we gotta freaking take those hippos."
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, damn. Imagine waking up or a few days prior, you're told you're the pilot that has to fly a bunch of hippos. There better be a
1: big barrier between yeah. you. And what if they start moving around? I mean, how exactly. are you supposed to keep the plane? This is horrible. How many are they going to take? Are they going to take one at a time? Are there going to be a fleet of planes? What Are there two hippos per plane? How many hippos can you fit in a plane? Uh, It's just a lot of logistics that they don't seem like they are real good on. Like they're not going to tranquilize. I can see their point, though. How do we even get the hippo in the box? All of these steps. I'm like an event planner. I'm like, this is the crappiest event that I have to plan ever. Give it five years and
0: there'll be a... Sequel to Snakes on a Plane. It'll be hippos on a plane, yes. and Samuel Jackson will be beating the crap <laughs> yeah. out of hippos that are but, trying to uh, bring down uh, an airplane. This
1: is recipe for disaster, right?
2: Absolutely. Wood crate. You know they're going to bust through that. No problem. But, right.
1: But it's like a special hippo. Like I don't know what they said. I think they said wooden. And I'm like, no. How do you even get it in there? What, do you put leaves in there and go, go on, come
0: yeah, on now. Yeah, get in yeah. there, come well, on. You've been around do, do you want a treat? Court. Do you want a treat?
1: Right.
2: It's always tough getting the first cow into the trailer. After oh, that, they seem to follow a little better, but still. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you don't have a headgate <laughs> for what you're doing. Right.
2: No, you're screwed. To give them,
1: um, you know, medicine. And also, I have done that and helped with that. With yeah. My dad had. Cows. And it's
2: violent. Uh, they fight back, they uh, don't even when do they're it. in the gate. Of the course, gate. of course, yeah. they don't want to do I it. I would too. What it's are you doing back nightmare. to my ass back there? Um, <laughs> and then, like you said, the weight. You know, there's been times when. Hold on, I have to turn my mic off and cough. Uh oh! <laughs> oh, he looks like oh. of the hippos? There's been times when one person has been removed from a plane because improper balancing. If they get what? loose. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, it's ha- it actually happens what? It happens oh. to non-rev people or people that fly standby. There'll, there'll be a seat available, and you can't take it because you're a fat ass or, or whatever. Oh, no, <laughs> do, you guys do they
1: say that at the gauge? They go, I'm right sorry, you can't you. take this flight. O- over the mic. You're a fat ass.
2: <laughs> Kenny Olsen, uh, <laughs> fat ass
0: Olsen, return, return <laughs> to the You got to
1: get off here. There yeah. was a,
0: a plane. Call your lard ass out of there. <laughs> there was a plane a few years ago where they I, they have very good footage on it. You can find it. It's within the last five years. Remember this cargo plane that took off and all the cargo shifted and the plane was maybe a 1,000 feet no. off the ground? No. All the cargo shifted and the plane just, just immediately turn. went
1: backwards. Just dropped.
0: It's, it's yep. the worst video ever. Yeah, it just it's, dropped oh straight no, to the ground I and ex- like, exploded. <laughs> we yeah. need to, yep.
1: That makes me so nervous <laughs> that, like, one human being – to yeah. get like, is it that close? How do you know how much people have in their carry-on luggage? Like-
2: I was I, I was flying standby um, a long time ago, and I was stuck at DFW, and I couldn't get to uh, Minneapolis or Chicago or anywhere points north. So I got on a plane. I found a flight from um, San Jose mm. to Chicago, and I'm using American, so you have to go through certain cities. So I get on a plane, I go to San Jose, I get there, I get on the plane to Chicago, to O'Hare, and I get pulled off because yeah. of weight restriction. It was before oh, this was, uh,
1: happened. And
2: it was before I was fat. I mean, it was 20 years ago or more. No, it was probably <laughs> 30 not years fat. ago. Well, yeah, I, but I, I, no, I don't mind saying it. It's true. I got a big old front porch.
1: <clears throat> front porch. Yeah. <laughs> Come and sit a spale.
2: Anywhere, uh, how did we end up on that? So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you, you're I, worried I, about I, yeah. the hippos shifting yeah, their weight.
2: I, I think the answer is obviously what we do for feral pigs in the south, and now we hear feral pigs are going to be coming in from Canada. We're going to do the same thing. You just, you know, turn the good old boys loose with their firearms <laughs> and take a few out. Can you eat them? Is their meat good? Oh, I can't Can you imagine. harvest it? Is that what feed a village wounds? for two
3: years? I don't want to
1: know. I don't want to heat heat. I don't want to eat a hippo. But I uh, I don't know I've never heard of people eating hippos.
3: There are uh, many stories about uh, places that uh, ship hippos here online. Actually, uh, Pacific Cargo is one. They take them, they fly them to uh, zoos and stuff, and they can't let them lay around very long because they have something called myopathy, and they can die from that. So if they if you uh, tranquilize them and yeah. they fall asleep, then there could be a problem, oh, which has happened. How do you?
1: I see. How do
2: you ship a giraffe? You gotta cut a hole in the top of the plane
1: <laughs> like something we'd see on the Flintstones They'll, they just get an arc Noah <laughs> yeah. gets his yeah. arc and they just put giraffes on it
0: that's gotta hurt would it be I don't even know what it is the draft or the flow of the plane if it's got this gigantic arc in it
1: <laughs> maybe they just make him sit down as a kid I wrote a story about um this Sit. this giraffe. Sit, giraffe and he had a problem because his neck was too tall and yeah. like they had to cut a hole in the top of the or he got a car with a sunroof so he right. could drive and right. all these other logistics. I don't know why. See, I've already been planning this hippo transport since I was a kid. It was just giraffes in my mind. Oh God, I just I know something bad is gonna happen. that seventy hippos.
2: You know.
1: I just don't know. It, okay, so this is what it directly says: the the governor of this um, of this area says the hippos will be flown in purpose built boxes. Okay, and will not be sedated first, but emergency sedation is possible if one of the animals is overcome by nerves during the flight. Nerves is such a term that you would like, oh, your grandma's like, I just, I have bad nerves. I just take a little half a pill every right. other day.
2: Well. How many parents do that with their kids before getting on a flight? Um oh, Benadryl. Junior, you, you have a little cough there. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Here's some cough syrup. <laughs> yes, you syrup. do. Take
1: this pink pill. No,
2: just drink from the bottle. <laughs> and then they sleep the whole flight, and it's oh, wonderful. Oh, liquor.
1: Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: oh. Well, it's
2: cough syrup, but, you know, it's the same thing. Sure. It's liquor. They're yeah.
1: robo-buzzing. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's my story, so we'll see what happens.
2: It turns out that Eddie Van Halen... Not only the transports
1: uh, hippos, but he is a guitarist
2: <laughs> not only the greatest guitar player ever. he might be the greatest human being that ever walked the <laughs> earth. i I don't know how I stumbled on this one, um but I found it, and John, you found it too. I did, yeah.
3: Uh, Eddie once held a gun, I think we all would be in favor of this, to limp biscuit frontman Fred Durst's head. Yeah! <laughs> That's so He
1: awesome. deserves it. That's oh, so awesome. That,
2: that could be the whole story right there. <laughs> uh, this
3: is all in a new book called Eruption in the Canyon, 212 Days and Nights with the Genius of Eddie Van Halen. It chronicles a time that the author, Andrew Bennett, spent with van halen in 2006 and 2007 when he was filming and photographing van halen at eddie's studio home for a band reunion tour uh show the durst shenanigans took place several years earlier when eddie and fred were introduced at a party shortly after limp biscuit guitarist wes borland exited from the band west by the way very good guitar yeah. player, very bad band yeah uh, after it was suggested they work together durst according to bennett now i gotta give fred credit for this one said it would be ridiculous quote The greatest guitar player ever plays with the worst band ever. So
2: So you (laughs) got to wonder, I started wondering about why would Eddie agree to that? And I think I remember reading at some point that Eddie had virtually no knowledge of the current music scene. He was focused on Van Halen. He knew classical music. Mm -hmm. He knew older music. But if you would ask him about who was ever popular at the time and and isn't that kind of how he got mixed up with Michael Jackson Jackson he just knew he was Michael Jackson from the Jackson 5 knew he had a few hits and
3: Look, he uh, he got a call he was great friends with Steve Lukather Toto's okay. guitarist yeah, who yeah. was also a studio player, one of Quincy Jones' favorite guitarists to use on Sessions. Lukather was playing the rhythm on it, yeah, yeah. and Quincy said, you want to play the solo? He said, I'd love to play the solo, but I'll bet Eddie Van, Holen, Eddie Van Halen could kill this solo. Eddie he Van Halen
1: is a porn <laughs> star. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you we know where your mind is today because <laughs> that uh, didn't occur to me. <laughs> yeah.
3: look, look, look at them, called up Eddie and asked him, and Eddie said, uh, "Sure, let's let's do this." Uh, and, but and anyway,
2: it, before yeah, we go yeah. back to the Durst story, yeah. he didn't get any um, financial uh, remuneration for that, did he? That I do not know. I have I have no idea. I seem I, to remember I, it being a freebie for beat it. Yeah.
1: Are
3: you serious? There were were some angry. Apparently, it was (sighs) a problem with the rest of Van Halen at the time. Because supposedly, they weren't supposed to go play on other people's records or take part in any other musical endeavors. And Eddie... He didn't care. I mean, he But was that Eddie.
2: was back in the days when Eddie was S-faced all the time. Oh, right? oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a heavy drinker. True. Anyway, heavy, let's yeah. get back to the Fred Durst thing.
3: Uh, well, Eddie did indeed go to that jam session with Limp Biscuit,, uh, but he left early. People began smoking pot. He didn't want to be around that. But he left his guitar and amp behind. Uh, Bennett said Eddie told him the experience was, quote, like being a scholar among kindergartners. Oh,
2: that's so fantastic. <laughs> what a great quote.
3: Uh, things got even worse when Eddie tried contacting Durst the next day to get his gear back and didn't mm. get a reply. Mm. So then uh, Bennett said uh, Eddie once owned an assault vehicle from a military auction. Had yes. A, had a, <laughs> a shine mount gun on the back. It's not It's not legal, of course, oh. but Eddie drove the assault vehicle through L.A. into <gasps> Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. Parked and left it running on the front lawn of the house that Limp Biscuit was rehearsing in. Oh my god!
1: This is fantastic. Clunking
3: and bouncing right into the yard, into the yard, right on the grass. And and get this picture. At that point, Eddie got out wearing no shirt, oh, his hair up in a samurai bun on top of his head.
0: Of course.
3: His jeans held up with a strand of rope oh. and wearing, wearing combat boots held together by duct tape. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. This is uh, like...
3: <laughs> and uh, Eddie had a gun in his hand. Yeah. The author, okay. the author says he recalls Eddie telling him Uh, let me do some bleeping here. That bleep hole answered the door. I put my gun to that stupid bleeping red hat of yours. Yes! And I said, where's my bleep, mother bleeper? That that bleeping guy just turned to one of his employees and started yelling at him to grab my bleep. Uh, And apparently, Eddie stood out on the front lawn of the home in Beverly Hills in broad daylight smoking a cigarette, holding a gun on Fred Durst as he went back and forth from the house to the assault vehicle, luggage amps and guitars.
1: Oh, my God. This is amazing. In
3: 2018, Eddie launched legal action against the author, accusing him of trying to release video material of Van Halen without permission. Uh, But the uh, book's (laughs) still coming out, obviously.
2: Uh Eddie had some problems getting along with people, didn't he?
3: He, Yeah, yeah.
2: Fred Ders deserves that. Oh, absolutely. Without a a doubt. Yeah.
1: Mm. There's There's a band called Taproot. And they never really became that big. But they were on um, the OzFest tour. And half of their... I mean, they would just trash Fred Durst because when they were first starting out, you know, bands, they don't have any money. They're like eating ramen noodles, scraping together enough for gas to get to gigs. Super, super poor. They meet Fred Durst and he was like, you guys are amazing. I want you to come to my house in Florida and record with me and um, it'll be great. You know, and they kind of went through dates and what would be good. And so. They called, and he did not answer, but they're like, well, we got the money together from, I don't know, friends, parents, whatever, to go to Florida. So they show up at his house because they had his address. It was like a thing that was supposed to happen. And he, whenever they got there, he completely wouldn't answer the door. Wow. He completely said, you know, F you guys, and like, I didn't tell you to come here. Okay, why do I have your address, and why did like— he, he like trashed him up and down and and said, you know, this isn't how you get, like gave him a lecture and all this stuff and they hate him. So at their shows, they like make fun of him. They put on red hats and jump Good. around for a while and they <laughs> tell that story everywhere they go Good. because that kind of S is just, right. man, that makes me mad. The arrogance of somebody who in the moment wants to act like a big shot mm-hmm. and like come to my house and then either they're. Drunk, or I don't know if he didn't remember, but either way, that's not how you treat people. And then to give him a lecture about how to get famous, like, ooh, yuck.
2: Where and what I'm entering this into Google is Fred Durst doing now?
0: Do you remember he was on a TV commercial recently, hmm. but I'm blanking on what it was?
1: Did he have that stupid red hat on? Yeah, he did. Of course he did. Yeah,
0: backwards hat.
1: Because you you don't want to know what's under there, I bet.
2: Uh, he it's worked a on a he, he worked on a film <laughs> the fanta uh, the fanatic came out in 2019. Really hoping he would have he uh, would have been broke by now,
1: or at least super ugly. Still
0: performing with Limp Biscuit. It's a it's a CarMax commercial in which the person's trying to get rid of their car, and you guys will appreciate this. The only song that's playing is a Limp Biscuit tune.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> Don't. Why don't some of these bands just realize they suck and that they're a joke and everybody hates them and their fans and their fans are morons? They, yeah. they don't care. They're just they can still cashing, make money. <laughs> yeah, they're just cashing <laughs> checks. So they don't sure. care. Yeah. He's
1: 52 now. Yeah, he still looks living older, in though. Florida.
2: If you see pictures. Of yeah, him, he he's looked,
1: definitely. I mean, yeah. He, yeah, he's aged like people do.
2: The great thing about Fred and his band is, You can find plenty of criticism about them on the Internet. Um, And I think the Internet has actually changed a lot on the way customers deal with problems they have with service, etc. I ran Mm -hmm. across another story, and John found it this morning, actually in the Wall Street Journal of all places, uh, called uh, Customer Problems Hit a Record High. More People Seek Revenge. And some of the stats they give in this story are pretty disturbing. You you can read this, John, but let's focus on that second paragraph that just stunned me.
3: One moment while I open it, sorry. Uh,
2: Americans are encountering more problems with companies, products, and services there than ever go. before. <laughs> and a higher proportion of them are actively seeking revenge for their troubles. Uh-huh. A new study is found. Now listen to these stats, John's going to rattle off because it's amazing to me. Some
3: 74% of the 1,000 consumers surveyed said they had experienced a product or service problem in the past year. So that'd be, what, 740 out of 1,000 customers. That, wow, that is yeah, stunning that's to me. I yeah. mean,
1: does that include, like, going to restaurants and, like, I, service and products? I mean, we buy I, so yeah. much stuff, of course there's going to be some things that are wrong.
2: But doesn't that seem like a really high number, Don? I mean, 50, of. Uh, 50% would seem high to oh, me.
1: That 71, uh, maybe I heard it wrong.
2: 74% of 1,000 consumers surveyed said they had experienced a product or service problems in the last year. Up from 66% <laughs> yeah. in
1: 2020. Oh, okay,
3: yeah.
2: And then you go back to the 70s to
3: only 32% in 1976 when they did a similar version of the
0: study. Do we so, think our bar, though, for what we think is an issue is much uh, less totally, or, or, maybe, so right. or maybe yeah. even higher than it has been before in the past? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so like, people, people are, are so were more chill in the fragile. In the yeah.
1: They're yeah. so people, fragile. Oh.
3: They are also very... See, when I read this, all I got out of it was people are so entitled that yes. in any little thing that goes wrong they complain about now, whereas we wouldn't have done that growing up. I don't want to
2: sound
1: like an old coot. No, it's true.
2: Do you know people, I know um, a married couple in particular, and I haven't talked to them in years, that can go to a restaurant and find something to complain about so Uh vehemently that they get their meal for free, and they do it on purpose.
1: People change when they sit down at a table. They think that they are um, King Charles and yeah. they they want to yeah. be served and like if anything is they're rude like they become different people it's like yeah. you're their servant it's so weird you know
2: do you yeah. think servers are the worst or the best customers at a restaurant or bar
1: oh the best yes. because yeah. they tip appropriately at, at least when over it comes tip. to
2: tipping do you think they have the same amount of patience do you think if you're a bartender at X bar and you're pretty good and you're on it do you expect that sort of service everywhere you go? You know what I mean?
1: I think that they're more lenient with people. They understand. They can look around and be like, okay, four people just sat at the bar. Yeah. So I get what's happening right now. Or, or, I think
2: they're more understanding. Has, yeah, that
0: waiter's doing six tables. Yeah, yeah they just yeah. got okay. triple yeah.
1: sat. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think they look at the experience or the environment and understand it more. Where like We would look at it, especially me, would say, oh, well, it's, it's busy. It's busy here every day every lunch hour or every dinner hour, they should be used to it. Or mm-hmm. a server or a bartender would say, ah, actually, it's not that easy.
1: Oh, yeah. I used to be a server, and so uh, I'm... Of course you did. I'm, I'm right, right. <laughs> you used job. to be everything. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: he's not wrong. I know. Though. another job. There I we I go. settled
1: on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so
2: let's bring the internet in on this. Do you guys, A, uh-huh. look at reviews before you go somewhere or purchase something, and then, B... If, in fact, well, if your experience is good or bad, do you leave a review? What What do you guys
1: do? I don't. I don't. But, uh, I read reviews because my boyfriend does, and he always is like, you need to read the reviews on that. But I'd, But then I also discern, like, you know, there's five stars, five stars, five stars, one star. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. let me read this POS. Same. Yeah. Same, always you know? Always that, always that just, one they're so fragile. The yeah. people are like, and then, and then my feelings were hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also think, too, I'll
1: I'll
0: look at them a lot for things that I'm going to buy. But at the end of the day, it's more just to reaffirm an opinion if I'm going to buy or not Mm -hmm. buy something. Because generally for me, if I'm going to buy something that's, I don't know, twenty five dollars. If it ends up being a POS, well, then I just throw it away and don't complain about it and say, "Well, I spent twenty five dollars yeah. on it. What did you think you're going to get?" Right. But, but if I, I have, have really good service, Kenny, I do rate that. If somebody goes above oh, and beyond for me, I will put that in on Google because I because really? w- I want that well, business. Nice. I want that business to do well. So you you have to actively search out their website then and then the reviews
2: and that's, that's actually, you're making an effort to do something good. That's because he's
1: nice. Yeah, I, I, I
0: I don't do that shit. If you, if you're, you got to be super bad for me to put in a review, a bad review, but if you're really good or you show good customer service or you're kind to me, I do want people to know that because to me that generally indicates, okay, this is a. A good business with decent humans if you go look like you can look at what your reviews are if you look at my Google reviews I think I've only left one like negative review pretty much everything is a five star this yeah. is the greatest place ever yeah it has be laziness on my part but I never leave reviews like
3: or, or, or don't like and the only time I look something up is if it's a big ticket item like when I want to buy a new guitar or whatever I want right. read all the reviews I can yeah. find watch uh, YouTube videos here. with reviews yeah. but if it's something small I, don't, I,
1: don't I do you know what come to think of it I do leave reviews on eBay and Etsy in Amazon, like if I get the oh, it's shipped right. to me and it's like in good condition, i I because yeah. they're ranked on the, as a seller, yeah. and I'm ranked as a yeah. customer, right. right. The, so I yeah. want people to know I'm a good customer.
0: The right. reviews thing is interesting because you do have to qualify and pay attention to them because we would in, in a past life at the big box retailer that I worked at we would get some poor reviews, and we would actually be able to sometimes throw those reviews out.
1: Oh, I didn't it, know you could delete Yeah,
0: you, you can, but there's only like certain qualifications in which you can. But also, sometimes, to your point, Don, you have to read the reviews, because sometimes the reviews are, oh, well, that's not going to change my opinion. Case in point, at the big box retailer, we sold a shovel, very popular shovel that sells a lot. And one of the reviews that made me laugh was it says... Some assembly required, which basically means you're taking one screw and putting the shovel together, right? Yeah, yeah. The person's review was a one star review that said shovel arrived in pieces. <laughs> I was like, Yes,
1: yes, that's, it arrived yeah. in and two you pieces. You just put it together, it's pretty yep. simple. Yep,
0: grab the one bolt and read the instructions. There's a dirt track up here
2: that, um, should be the best track in the state, but it's not due to the way it's run. And uh, I went to their reviews, and there was one bad review, and it was a really good bad review, and it hit all the marks, and it was written by my
1: roommates. (laughs) Did you read a person then look and you're like, oh, I live with that person. I know her. Been so proud. <laughs>
2: she just nailed it. Too. Yeah. You <laughs> morons are ruining this racetrack. Oh my god, that's great. Oh no, <laughs> and I don't think I even told her. I forgot all about it. Oh. I say, uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you, uh, firearms aficionados. Even if you're thinking about it. ...about DK Mags. They have a full stock of everything you need, firearms, ammunition, accessories. Uh, And if you're looking for something more specific, you uh, guys that have something special in mind, first of all, check the website, dkmags.com. If you don't see it there, get on the phone, talk to them, or even better yet, go in and and talk to them. They've got a great on-site gunsmith staff. And uh, solid outside sources for really difficult gunsmithing issues. They have the buying power of a huge, huge box store, but they keep it down home, simple and easy and fun. It's a cool little shop um, on Old 8 and New Brighton. And if you are new to firearms, you're thinking about protection or sports shooting or whatever it is, And you're considering your first purchase. It can be pretty intimidating if you go into a big box store. That's why DK Mags is always the place to go. The staff are very uh, very accommodating. They've got fair pricing, quality firearms, and everything's awesome. Old 8, New Brighton, and on the web, DKMags.com.
1: pretty sure that's jlo and ps the person behind all of this is chris jenner llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends
2: blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel Speaking of ice cold and rolling the dice, boy, that fits perfectly for this next story. Um,
1: is that Ross? your son? I'm sorry. Is that your son, John? Uh, it's my there?
2: son, he, he's not singing. He did oh. all the music, played oh all the instruments.
1: Gosh, Every amazing. single sorry. Is sorry.
2: instrument is Dylan Height.
3: Oh, oh, my
1: gosh. Dylan.
2: Did you yeah. hear the bass one? such
1: a funky beat.
2: I know, boy, right?
1: Yeah, and then I thought, man, what a great dad.
2: And this song will be. This song is unreleased and will never be released. The The, the artist that Dill wrote it for decided, nah. I
3: don't want to pursue this any further. No, he he just didn't want to. He was making a change
1: of styles. John,
2: John just hit it. Why didn't he sell it?
1: Uh, Well, it's good that he still owns it. That's why we're using it, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're
2: uh, the only place uh, this uh, this show in GL. And we don't even use it on GL anymore. They were they,
3: they were both very amused that we use it because Dylan, my Dylan, wrote the music, and then Dylan Reese is the singer. Oh, I put put lyrics to it, and and then they just discarded it. And when I said, "God, we love that song. We're using that for Bump on Garage Logic, and now Krabby Coffee Shop," and <laughs> my Dylan is like, "Yeah."
1: great <laughs> <laughs> wow. how many
2: okay to defend ourselves how many times has that happened in an artist or a band's history going back it'd be fun to research this where the band has been nah but the producer oh, but, yeah. or the A.R. Weasel or whoever in the record company said, uh, boys, that's a hit. It becomes a hit, and then they have to play the song for the rest of their G.D. lives.
3: Well, we, we just had a situation when Jeff Beck died, we found out. I a lot of us already knew, but uh, Stevie Wonder, as a uh, nice thing, just wanted to give him the song Superstition. He said, yeah, here, I'm going to write this for you because you played guitar on my album. Oh. And then uh, Barry Gordy stepped in and said, after he heard a demo, excuse me, Stevie. That's a number one hit. You're not giving that to
2: anybody.
1: Oh, okay. So,
3: okay.
2: Right. Hey, you two have a lot of experience in the music industry. Would, would you agree with me? Because I say that's a number one hit. Oh, I say, song, I say that's yeah. in full rotation on KDWB.
3: See, it's hard for me to say what's the number one hit, but yeah, I love it. I, and I told him that as soon as I heard it. The, it's probably now year and a half Old at least, and the first time he played it for me, I was like, Whoa, that's, that's I
2: love really that. good. Yeah, can you sell a song but then retain, um, like, uh, what's it called? Where you, you publishing? Get, yeah, one percent or rate. publishing rights, sure. Yeah, he, he could sell that. And, Who would you sell, Don? You know the me- current music scene uh, pretty good. Who would you sell that to?
1: Young Gravy, <laughs>
2: is that a that's is that a dirty I am reference? I'm
1: in love with him. No, oh, it's a rapper it's, from Minnesota, and I am in love with him. His name is Young Gravy. Is and he a I am cracker? Is he
2: a is he a black dude? No, he's a cracker. Yeah. What what label is he on? I don't is know. Is he on our label? Oh, there's a label in Minneapolis that uh,
0: the
1: he's a big time. He's coming to the state fair. He loves really? milfs. I'm Mr. like, sign me up,
0: Mr. is on its side. Come on now, Come
1: on. I'm old turkey. You're young gravy. <laughs> well, <the old> turkey. <laughs> Did you just call you yourself a milf? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I could be if I dress oh. up. You know what I'm saying? Wear the right dress. Come on. Old turkey and young gravy. <laughs> He's in gravy. trouble. He that, just briefly about young gravy. He's in trouble right now from Rick Astley is suing him because he took never oh. gonna give you up, but. But they had an impersonator sing it in the song "Betty" that he does. It's not Rick Astley. It is an impersonator. But Rick Astley is. It's in court because he's like, you can't do that. So anyway, Rick Astley's
0: not going to give that one up, is he? He has a very
1: deep voice, and the minute he starts singing, I'm like, whoa! It just there's a lightning bolt that goes straight straight down my spine
0: here's
2: how dumb some of my followers are on Twitter. I had just finished rolling a field uh, in in the spring. You roll, you pack it down with a big roller. I'm f- mm-hmm. sitting there waiting for my ride to come. Edge of the field. Rick Astley comes on the radio with, uh, you know, what was that song? You got
1: Rick rolled. Uh, yeah,
2: and, and, and so I took a video of the field while this Ash, Ash, uh, Astley song is blasting saying, <laughs> I just r- Rick rolled the S out of that field. <laughs> <laughs> and and I got a pretty positive reaction, I bet. except for one guy who said, "Yeah, but that song sucks." It's like, uh um okay
1: well uh, have I you met just, the internet because <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: you just got to go never mind at yeah. that point. you're like why <laughs> did you mind.
1: even come here we <laughs> yeah. didn't invite yeah. you to this party
2: and then uh when you said milf i uh, and i apologize for this because you are my sister and i shouldn't think of you this way but i thought about what you said last week with your bosoms and you <laughs> i don't know what say? reference it was but you said i would have to wear three sports bras
3: oh, to do that tap
1: dancing. <laughs> okay, tap dancing. dancing. <laughs> okay, yeah so uh,
3: I again yeah, thought of, hang on i would have Go ahead. I was talking about Young Gravy since I looked it up. Yeah, he's that, from, do it. He's from Rochester. Yes. Uh, and uh, the song you referenced, Don Betty uh, Be- Betty Get Money, in parentheses, mm-hmm. hit number twelve on the U.S. pop chart. So uh, that song did pretty well for him last year, and he's been releasing stuff since 2016. So he's been I'm going through his
1: entire catalog. Now I'm fighting over him with Lori and Julia on my talk because oh. I want I saw him first. And I've been talking about him, and now they're like, we need to interview him. And I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, keep your hands off my young gravy.
0: (laughs) Those old (laughs) hags don't have a chance uh, (laughs) to hear (laughs) you.
1: What
0: what about Bruno Mars? I think Bruno Mars could pull that song off.
1: Oh, the ice cold song? Yeah, Yeah, because he has a high voice. That's great.
2: We should just take it upon ourselves to sell it. Yeah, And then yeah. can we get a half a percent, a half a yeah. point?
1: If I didn't do anything, I would feel so bad. That's where my guilt comes in, not sex. It's <laughs> okay, selling someone else's songs.
2: Here's my guilt, uh, and it regards you and your bosoms yesterday, Dawn. Um, <laughs>
1: yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. yesterday. I'm driving
2: uh, <laughs> driving home, and I don't listen to the radio. I'm trying to think of what I can say. Um, one of my sponsors is Tri-State Bobcat, and they sell a Toro zero-turn mower. And the whole deck and seat and everything you sit on yeah. has got shock absorbers. Good. So, so you can go really, really fast, and if the lawn is bumpy, y- you stay smooth. I and
1: see. It's like a Cadillac. It, it, yeah,
2: yeah, it is. And my reference to this is whenever I get on rough ground with a non uh, um, a mower that doesn't have shocks, it's a, yeah. t- a tea T-shaker. <laughs> a a bosom shaker so I started thinking about um, three sports bras and the wife and is this a good thing or a bad thing and it was a 20 minute thought conversation I was having with myself about how your bosoms don't shake when you're driving a Toro's time cutter zero turn mower available from Tri-State Bobcat there you go
1: that was a freebie you got that for free
2: all right. Is there snow in Missouri? I think there yes. is because I saw a snowmobile for sale this morning in Missouri. I was thinking oh, about course. driving down there. Have you ever ridden a snowmobile? Yes. So if I put you on one of my sleds, we could go trail riding and you wouldn't wad it up?
1: Oh, uh, I'd have to have a little bit of training before again because it's been since I was like 16 or something.
2: Would you be interested in that? Yeah. John, have you ever been on a snowmobile? Uh, many, many, many years
3: ago, probably 40 years ago, so it was in the 70s. Yeah, we
1: yeah.
2: Back in the leaf spring days when, you know, now we're back to suspension. No suspension, a real tea shaker.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> a real <pretty laughs> tea shaker. Roscoe,
2: what about you, snowmobiler?
0: Yeah, actually, uh, Papa Brendel uh, used to have a couple snowmobiles, and he had one that was basically the snowmobile as kids would go on rides with him, and then he had one for himself. So yeah, I rode a lot of snowmobiles oh, this, in junior high and high school. Cool. Perfect. Yep. Now, I do perfect. want to warn
1: you that I had, this is totally different, but I did drive a four-wheeler into a pond once when i was 13 <laughs> that,
2: uh, my sister drove my three wheeler into a pond it ended up floating upside down
1: i mean i it didn't oh. go that far into the pond <laughs> But it was, yeah, it wasn't gross, and I fell into one of those horrible, disgusting ponds. I think I have PTSD.
2: So, uh, in your case, we'll rent a snowmobile and buy the insurance. Yes, so my idea here is uh, the three, the four of us should go on a, a snowmobile ride.
1: You don't do things. Come on, I'd, Kenny. You honestly, honestly do things,
0: Kenny. I would love that. The past few winters, I have thought I wish I have enough. Um, what do you call that disposable income where I could have a snowmobile? Don, right now I have
2: one, two, three, four snowmobiles that are running and I use and one, two, three, four, five five more that are vintage that I only occasionally use. I've been on snowmobiles since 1970.
1: Oh, my God.
2: And I've done a number of... and both, I've never
1: heard someone count mine, two, three, four. Yeah, you know, well, okay. <laughs> Is it a one? <laughs> yeah, mine? My main sled,
2: um, my sled I bought for Ben, and then these other two I just picked up. Uh, and I've done every kind of discipline, racing, deep snow out in the mountain, trail riding, even been on what we call backpack trips. Where, like, say you drop, uh, you go to Duluth, mm-hmm. you get on your sledge, you ride up to Grand Marais, then you ride the Gunflint, and then maybe the next day you go up to Ely, and then third or fourth day you ride back to your trailer in Duluth, the backpack trips. Oh, wow. But I discovered on Sunday, these three old dudes from northern Minnesota, that they are they already left, they left on Monday, and they're riding snowmobiles from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, to Fairbanks, Alaska.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I think it's over 4,000 miles here. Let me just read. How many pairs of
1: underwear did they bring? That's all I care about.
2: They're all three pulling sleighs. Mm. Um, But uh, it's a group of avid snowmobilers. They've embarked on a cross-country snowmobile journey, Grand Rapids to Fairbanks, passing through. Okay, this is written by a gal from the Swan Valley Star and Sun-Times. Passing through her area. Rob Hallstrom is the youngest. He's 65. Paul Dick is 72, and Rex Hibbert will turn 70 while on the trip. Uh, they've wow. always been up for some kind of adventure. In 2019, they went to Churchill, I think that's Manitoba, and back. Um, and they have extensive experience long distance dry, uh, riding, but they've never done this. And yeah, 4,500 miles. The trip, they'll be snowmobiling there, leaving their sleds there and flying back. They've got a lot of sponsors. They're all three riding the same kind of sled. It's an Arctic Cat, kind of a long track trail sled. A um, eight thousand X Arctic Cat Norseman's. I have to be honest, I don't know what that is. Twenty two riding days, um, and they're going to try to stay in hotels. But here's where it gets interesting, McLean. In their sleighs, one of them. They're carrying a tent, and when they get into Canada and the Yukon, they're going to be far, far away from roads, and there's going to be times when they have to set up this tent along the way and camp overnight. Great. Let me tell you, it gets down to 60 below in the Yukon. what,
1: What? What? What are they going to do? That's too cold to be outside.
2: They have. They have. <laughs> Simply. It's just that's You're right. I mean, it's, you know, it's too damn cold.
1: I have a it's friend damn- who goes to Colorado and does some, He's you know, does backcountry skiing. He does. Yeah. And and he camps out in, in the snow and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, he's always trying to get me to, you know, he's like, oh, you should come along with this. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, but uh, and then I'm like, well, maybe I do. But 60 below is.
0: No! 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 No way in you, hell! If
1: you're worried about dying, it's not fun anymore.
0: They also, have, oh, go, sorry. Go ahead, Ross. Uh, Ko, you've you've as you mentioned, you've done a lot of trips like this. I remember, and it's been a while since I've been on a snowmobile, but I remember just going out for a day how sore you were after the fact.
1: What? Right? Uh, where do you get sore? Your uh,
0: like Lower lower back, your arms can get sore. <laughs> What's
1: wrong? What's wrong? God's pocket is very <laughs> sore afterwards. God's your pocket. crotch area, I'm just saying because you have to spread your legs for so long. <laughs> oh no. Why? You really
2: don't know what it's like to be a man,
0: do you? You just have no it's idea. Like, ooh. <laughs> You're thinking nipple like balls
1: now?
2: Yeah, it just
0: it's like, <laughs> yikes. I just think about how sore and rigid these old guys are going to be after doing this for two days. I'm, it's your it's your back, your, your lower back, back usually. Oh, yeah. yeah. I arms. would
1: wear a brace, probably. <laughs> yeah.
0: you know? Um uh, where was
2: oh, okay so they have satellite communicators, so they'll be able to send text messages. Uh that means they'll also be able to call out for assistance. Oh that's um,
1: good. Like a Starlink or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah.
2: They're trying to life save
1: alert. <laughs> yeah they just have a life alert
2: uh, trying to stay in hotels along the way, but there's a few places, we. and I'm quoting one of them now, we may have to stay in a trapper's cabin. That's where these trappers that go out on yes. long trap lines, they have cabins along the way. Yeah, and they're I usually just in like an 8 by 8 shack that they could get in and warm up. Uh, and then we'll have to camp out in other places. Um, but they're already in Canada. They left on Monday morning, and uh, I haven't seen an update today. The only reason we're bringing this up is we're giving them some courtesy time here because both Ross and I tried to get one of the the three wives are running uh, the Internet, and you can find this oh, all on Facebook. Cool. Yeah, you can go to Facebook, three old guys ride to Alaska or something like that, and they follow along, and they even have their route charted out on a daily uh, basis so you can follow them. And then, um, like um, our friend uh, Bridget, people meet them along the way. Their first gas stop, there was a guy waiting for them and paid to fill up their sleds. Bought them lunch.
1: That's great.
2: Yeah, and then guys meet up and they'll ride with them a little while and then turn around and go back home. And it's really cool. And I got to say, I'd be really tempted to do this. Even at my late age and with my big front porch, I think this would be a (laughs) lot of fun.
1: Big front porch.
2: A lot of fun. And they might actually encounter some deep snow, heavy snow along the way, but they're going to try to take all snowmobile trails, and that alone was very shocking to me because in my mind's eye, I thought, well, they're going to just get on the Alcan Highway, right, that one road, but no, they don't get
0: anywhere close to it.
1: This is concerning to me. I'm starting to think of the cocaine hippos.
0: Okay, but you know what I think about? I think this sounds, there's some danger here, a fair amount of danger, right? Without a doubt, yeah. I'm still not sure what these guys are doing at their age and the climate that they're going through. I'm still not sure it holds a candle to what Bridget McCutcheon is doing.
1: Oh, of course not. That's a different level. She was biking through Russia. She's a different level. My gosh, it's so fun to follow her.
2: Uh, yeah, similar to Bridget, I think they're going to turn this into a rolling party and now I'm not saying Bridget is s faced and drunk and high. No, but she's having a good time. <laughs> she's having the time of her life Did they ever, She she's even, even when something bad happens, she's smiling and joking about it.
1: Remember, her friend yeah. that's along with her got all of her gear stolen. Did they yeah. ever
2: Yeah, Right away, Dawn.
3: They got right the money away. To, so right she could away. continue? Yeah.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
3: You you know what I'd hate about this snowmobile thing? I'm looking at the Facebook page yeah. and there's a picture of them and all you can see is miles and miles of flat snow. Ooh. I that makes me very depressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> um
2: I I don't have a problem with that. I'm so no. surprised that there's trails the whole way. They're actually going up into the Arctic Circle and then curving back down to the oh. Southwest Yikes. to get to um, to get down to Fairbanks. I, I think the worst part, John, would just be the cold. And if that wind picks up, you know, it's not the temperature;
1: oh, God. it's the wind.
2: It's horrible.
3: Yeah. What yeah. if?
1: Okay, what kind of large um, apex predators are are out there, like a mountain lion? Can you imagine you're on the snowmobile and you see because it's all flat snow out there and then you just see a mountain lion coming towards you and then it's running alongside your snowmobile and you're like ah these things can (laughs) jump on your back
2: they can go up to hundred miles an hour the the real um, fear and I just saw a video of this yesterday uh, a snowmobile it might have been in Colorado I don't remember where it was parked on a trail and was attacked by a moose.
1: What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The oh moose my God. See, that's what him. I'm saying.
2: He hopped on his sled and tried to get away, but he was too late, and the moose jumped right on the sled, oh. and the guy got away unscathed, but yeah. And Lucky. I've had a couple of inc- incidents on the uh, gunflint where you come all around a corner... And there's an elk standing there, or a moose, or whatever the hell. You don't want to hit one of those at, at speed. <laughs> no. I've been going down a railroad, an old railroad bed snowmobile trail, you know, oh. and, you know, doing uh, in excess of the speed limit. I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. And if a deer jumps out in front of you, it's all over. You're done. Uh, it's not like hitting a deer with a card. it bounces off, and you might yeah. go in the ditch. You're yep. killed. Uh, K-I-L-T, (laughs) kilt.
1: You've been kilt. Yeah. I saw a deer on the side of the road on Lake Road this morning, and it was on the side in the snowbank. But if anybody wants to go get it, (laughs) that's what I thought. I was like, (laughs) you know. I mean, can't you just go pick that up?
2: You are such a redneck yeah. at heart. <laughs> you come off as this hipster who knows i am not a hip- you
1: I do not. You know, come off you're as a hipster an actor
2: and a dancer and a writer and <laughs> in your heart you want to pull over and pick up okay. a dead <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: dog. I'm it like home too bad
1: I don't and have carve a truck. It up. I wonder yeah. if the heart's
2: still good. All yeah.
1: dead cold. A buddy of mine within
0: the last few years hit a deer and he said almost immediately within a few minutes somebody stopped and okay. said hey are you okay and uh-huh. the person said yeah i'm fine i just hit this deer and then the next question was are you going to keep it or can i take it yeah exactly i was surprised
1: it was still there i mean that was this morning and you know i don't know when this podcast is going to be up but do they have dead animal removal people they
2: do yeah, I mean, that's yeah. A- if you do want a roadkill deer you have to call law enforcement they will come out there and for ten dollars issue a possession a tag for it. You you have to pay for it. Otherwise, you're stealing from the state.
1: Can you imagine if I put that in the back of my SUV and brought it in and be like, (laughs) look what I got. My boyfriend would be like, what?
2: If you, if he's not a, true, a
1: hunter. He can. A, uh, don't they? Uh,
2: <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, before virtually everybody had trucks and SUVs, they'd go up hunting and then they'd come home with the deer strapped to the hood. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah.
1: I've seen them strapped to the back of, like, by the license plate back there, you know, just yeah. tied yeah. on. Yeah.
0: Don't no. they pick up the deer in Tommy Boy or Black Sheep and then halfway <laughs> <laughs> through the ride, yeah, the no. deer wakes up?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Anyway, uh, I just <laughs> thought that it was a really interesting
2: story about these three guys, and I don't attribute their age to being a factor at all, Ross. Not at all. They've and been riding their whole lives. And so,
1: how do we find them again on Facebook? What? What was it? Three, three guys,
2: uh, three riding, old guys,
3: three old guys riding to Alaska. Yeah, right?
0: three that- three old guys ride to Alaska. That's okay. their um, their yeah. Facebook page. They're up over like twelve thousand followers now, and they just oh. launched that page. You know, not too long ago. Okay. Oh, I have cool. To, I just have to, one
2: little criticism. Uh oh. Uh oh. When a major market podcast comes to you <laughs> and asks you to come on the air oh, for a God. few minutes to talk about your husband's trip or your friend's trip to Alaska, oh. the proper response is, Yes, sir. When should I call? Because you're gonna get you're gonna get public we, we've got more than three listeners where this isn't a show about crocheting. Um we're doing she pretty good, really on good on a on a pretty big it's GL about network. Cocaine thing.
1: hippos, uh, orgasms and tap dancing. <laughs> you know, what's the problem? We
2: don't understand why a lot of people listen. We don't endorse it, but they do. <laughs> so when it. when said podcast calls you, you jump on it. You don't uh, say uh,
0: yeah. maybe in April when they get back. I think that was the best part, Kenny. They replied right away, and then I had a follow up and said, "Well, anybody could would anybody do an interview? No reply." And then you said you reached out to no oh, reply. Uh, so.
2: You know what? Um, I'll I get read it to it. a degree, though, because I don't grovel, uh, and I haven't. I haven't um,
0: requested an interview in a long, long time. I used I to was, do it all the time, Ross. I was surprised when you emailed me this morning and said that you reached out to them. Good morning. I host a podcast
2: on the Garage Logic <laughs> Network called News from the Krabby Coffee Shop. And Already I'd really sounds love to so much more to, nice than you are. I'd, yeah, uh, I'd so really love noise. to talk to Judy, Pam, or Magina on the show this morning. We tape at 9.30 and generally go for about an hour. I've been closely watching the three old guys and would really love to hear your perspective. Ooh. And then just so she knows I have credibility and I'm kind of embarrassed... That I, I wrote this. I'm 57 years old and I've been riding since 1970. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much.
1: P.S. <laughs> What's your bra size? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know what I was thinking.
2: <laughs> I just didn't say it. <laughs> I think on that we can go, can't uh-huh. we? Yep. I mean, yeah, don't we get can. the last word. All again. right. All, yeah. right. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you want to win the game, you got to take a good aim and get the most marbles with your hippo. Playing Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
3: Hungry, Hungry Hippos is the name of the game. And whosoever hippo gets the most marbles wins. Playing Hungry, Hungry Hippos.
1: Hungry, hungry hippos!
3: I win! Hungry, hungry hippos from Hasbro.